0: Yo, 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 it's your boy, b rapping in the House, it's Annie. You remember what his brother's name is? A. <laughs> that makes you A. I'm glad you remember something. I'm Minty. And this is Fun Untitled, where we serve every podcast with in FU. Can I just say, how weird it is that the Hokage, I mean, whatever, the Y-Kages are named after the American English alphabet, but in every lackiest name after Japanese adjectives in the land of lightning. What does that make B, but he's not a lackey or a kage. He, for some reason, he became A's little brother through like the most asinine way. No, they like. High five, lariat style. I don't know. And in case you're confused because you don't know who the hell is Raikage A and B, this is a Naruto podcast. It's in the title. (laughs) Yeah, we're going back because we didn't have enough time to go over Shippuden last time. You actually don't have to watch that episode to watch this one. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's kind of like watching Naruto's Shippuden and not watching Naruto. Or watching Boruto without watching Boruto's dad. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean... Let's just get into it, I guess. You know who Naruto is. Oh, let's say I prerequisites. Um, th- there's going to be a lot of spoilers. Minty knows more Naruto than me because I didn't reread Naruto like a religion, like Minty did. I will admit I didn't reread the war arc too much, though. I reread a lot of the other arcs. So if you 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 know if you don't want a Minty-centric talking episode, you can leave. So how the setup is, we're just going to break it down like by arc so that way you feel like you actually will watch Naruto Shippuden and if someone tries to test you, you kind of know it. And if you haven't watched it, then you will watch it, right? Right. Yeah, after we give you all the spoilers <laughs> to the twists and turns. Whatever. So let's go when Naruto comes back from his two-year travel journey. I like that episode a lot when they redo the test. Oh, I I thought you were going to say you really liked it when he re-met everyone. That was okay. I remember when, when that came out, like Shippuden came out almost immediately after Naruto. And we didn't watch any subs at that time. And that was probably like the first sub episode we really watched because we had to see the time skip outfits, the new looks, not realizing how great of a time skip Naruto did. See be fair, Naruto's the first anime we've seen with a time skip. Yeah, not realizing that Dragon Ball did it. I don't think One Piece did it at that time, but I also don't know the timeline of One Piece. One Piece is old, man. It's very interesting. One Piece, congratulations on a thousand chapters soon. Yeah. But yeah, so, Minty really likes the scene where they redo the Kakashi exam, and this time Kakashi can't stab them in the butthole to, um, win the test. My favorite part is when Sakura, like, breaks the ground, and they're like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> Steroids. <laughs> Does terrible things. Oh, that was super cute. Um, a fun memory I have is one time Minty was on the computer and I guess she was looking up references for Hinata and she showed me a picture of Hinata from Shippuden and said, what's this design? I don't recognize it. And me, never wanting to admit I don't know anything, said, that's fake. That's obviously, um, fan-created content. Don't look at it. <laughs> and to this day, I will attest, don't look at it. I like Hinata's time skip look. Okay. Um I won't go down the line, but um are more of the time skip looks yes or nays compared to the twelve year olds? I would say yes. I think overall the fifteen year old outfits are more interesting than the twelve year old outfits. My favorite probably being Sakura's one. I'm just I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give kind of a nay on the outfits. Only because a lot of them did the same outfits they were as kids. I mean Shikamaru put on a jacket. Eno looks like the same. It's just really her hair. She took off all those bandages. You know who has a jacket? Rock Lee. <laughs> I like how you call the tuning jacket just a regular jacket. It makes anyone who doesn't know any context sound like they just got like a hoodie. They could've. It's, it's considered a change. Also, Shikamaru had a jacket before when he was young. Yeah, but after he became a tuning. Oh. It wasn't his initial outfit. I miss Kiba's first look, his um Eskimo look. No way, I like his short brown hair showing up. You just like it because he's hotter. I like it because when we first saw Naruto, we thought the black mane around his head was his hair, only to realize late in the game that it was a hoodie. <laughs> but yeah, so it was really cool to see, you know, the gro- literal growth by um, re-comparing a scene from the first series. And then we get to our first arc of Shippuden. The Kazekage rescue mission. Gaara has a good time skip. Gaara is so cleaned up. Oh, yeah, Gaara became hot. <laughs> like, sometimes it's just drawing the characters hotter. You don't need a better design. You just gotta draw them harder. Like, Tamari Kanku looks the same. Gaara, glow up. This is actually probably my favorite arc in Shippuden. I've seen, I've re-read and re-watched this arc so many times. Um, this is the arc where you get to see the Kasuki, um, start the, um, gingerkin? I guess the Jinjurukin's kidnapping, taking the tailed beast, and killing them phase. Yeah, because you don't really get to see that in Naruto. Like, you see it in the filler of Naruto, I believe, but you don't actually get to see it. Yeah, in the manga they only go, and they have to go from first tail to nine tail, so in order. Of course, Gaara being the host of the one-tail Shikaku, he's up first. So that's why they start doing this. And then they put a large emphasis on the fact that Gara and Naruto are the same person. So we gotta save Gara because essentially, that's saving Naruto. It started in the tuning exam, though. Mm. So it's not like it came out of that field. No, no, no they, they mention it a lot. It's very, it's a very important key that if you got anything from that like that's the main theme. Yeah, and I think the whole Gaara's growth, too. Because he goes from a murderer to kind of helpful to, now he's Kazekage. And of course, crap. you get the most iconic line that means nothing, but everyone quotes it. Naruto has an amazing ability to make friends wherever he goes. I love it. And I think other series t- take that, and but they don't do it right. Like Black Clover. I'm not going <laughs> to get into it, but... So, but it's very interesting because you also get to... There's, all the coolest battles in this one arc. You get to see um, Sakura and Granny Chiyo versus Hosori. I think Naruto and Kakashi fought Dada. Yeah, I mean, more of a chase and didn't really lead anywhere. And then everyone's fan favorite, Team 9 versus Team 9? What? <laughs> That's the one where I think only the anime has it, where they have they're struggling to fight their own little like water clones of eat themselves, and they're like, well, obviously the answer is just to get stronger. And I know it sounds cliche when I say it, but when you watch the anime, it's very cute because it's Lee, <laughs> hey Rock Lee giant fan favorite. Hey, all you Rock Lee fans, after this, like you can stop shipwading. <laughs> We're only watching for Naruto for Lee. Okay, so in the first series of Naruto, there's teams 7, 8, 9, and 10. In Shippuden, each you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 gets one arc where they shine. And then yeah. that's it. Yeah, I mean, since it's a very character-driven plot, all the side characters will get steamed over. But at least it's equal. Yeah, I the equality. Yeah, only Naruto and Sasuke is really the only ones who get any spotlight. Should we say the biggest twist in the Gaara arc, or do we leave that surprise? Chiyo dies? Yeah, okay, I was gonna say it. Yeah, that was a moment where a lot of people, like, um, Gara dies, he actually gets the um, Jinjuki taken out of him, but he still has the raccoon eyes for some reason. And then Granny Chiyo's like, You know what? You're pretty gay with that Naruto kid. <laughs> I think I'm going to revive you, make all the shippers happy. Okay, but when Gaara was on like the fence of life and death, and then he turns around and he sees Naruto, that scene is amazing and full of so much emotion. Eh, true. It really ties in about how empathy between the two Jinchurikis, and I was like, I- I've already read that scene a ton. And then when Gio died and he was like, oh god, it's so sad. Love we should probably move on so to the next much. arc, but I just want to say, you have no idea how it was being a to fandom right when this series was playing. Cause so many people are thirsty for Deadar and Sasoy. and gar. People like gar. Yeah, I, so people like gar. People, mother effing, touch themselves to the katsuki. <laughs> okay, you if you went you know how the the fandom was and the height of the katsuki horny. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell, people are still cosplaying them, and people still know who they are. You can't do black and red clouds. It's done. <laughs> well, let's go to the second arc with my favorite Naruto Shippuden edition. Side character. Screw you. This is the Tenshi Bridge Reconnaissance Mission arc. So this is when you meet Sai and Yamato. Man, I like Yamato. I do too, actually. No you know what? Uh, and this is a little spoilers. He only really does stuff in this arc. Then after that, he kind of just becomes a plot device. Yeah, pretty much. Sad. Again, all side characters get steamrolled afterwards. We get to see, uh, literally, this boy was created just to be a Sasuke replacement. We're talking about our gay boy, Sai. Sai was interesting addition. Because it's not what you expect. Because he... Everyone in Naruto almost has loud personality except Hinata. But even she had a quirk that made her stand out a lot. And Sai was totally left field i feel like i feel like i mean a good addition because he's left field but it's like whoa not the kind of character i would have seen i feel like kishimoto was trying to make a character that the audience would like since you know he's kind of so he was supposed to be the sasuke replacement so who's his audience a bunch of weebs what are you gonna do you're gonna make an artist who does dick jokes (laughs) (laughs) a lot of dick jokes like oh like Overcomping with dick joke. One of the most wrong thing they ever did decide was make him hetero. Overall, this arc was okay. I mean, yeah, people only remember the iconic um Sasuke looming. Like they finally the climax. They meet Sasuke. He's looming down at everyone, and then you you can't help but think of that meme of um, Naruto and Spo- of being replaced with SpongeBob. I have no idea that meme. Oh, Let's good that you. scene. The scene I love is when um. Sai writes the word friend, and then he gets called over, right? To Naruto and Sakura and Yamato. And so Kishimo does this beautiful paneling of all his artworks. And they don't have titles, right? Because he never names his artwork when you get to the scroll ring that he left on the table, it's underneath a window with him meeting up with Naruto, Sakura, and Yamato. I can't believe you just told me, screw the scene. the Literally the first scene of the anime of Shippuden. I don't care about that gay Naruto and Sasuke scene. I only care about the cute side scene in this arc. I think it's very interesting because... It's very hard to be like, oh, Sai, like, you know, these are my friends. I'm going to live for my friends. And then he never does anything after that. I think part of this, why they brought back Sai was because you also meet Donzo, And it's the whole, like, shadow kage beneath the kage. You know, the roots mm. under the trees. What? Oh, is that why they're called roots? Yes, they support the tree from in the shadows. Oh, my goodness. They explain this. This isn't like a, oh, you got to make the like Donzo specifically says... I think it's like the transition. To be fair, I'm pretty sure I was 12 when I read this. You weren't 12. You were probably like 15. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, and then we go into the Akatsuki suppression mission. So this is when I think Konoha finally figures out what's going on. Probably because part of it was the reconnaissance mission. So they decide to kind of go on the offense to hunt down the Akatsukis. And it's basically meeting Hiden and Kakuzu. Which they're my favorite Akatsuki characters. If you don't count Itachi, because Itachi's everyone's favorite. I like to say, um, all the Akatsuki has very cool powers. Like, um, the main bad guys at the end, their powers are just kind of eh. But the Akatsuki is through that. You have Dedara who could make bombs out of clay and then the clay could be any animal. You had Sasori who had corpse for puppets and he took one of the, you know, um, former Kazekage aka San president. You have Heden who can do voodoo powers and he can never die. And then you have Kakazu who I think is just tentacles. Kokazu had several, could steal the hearts and, um, the chakra networks from people and create monsters to fight on his behalf. Why would they kill, okay, so this is the arc where you get to see Team 10, Inoshika-cho. Why were they targeting Azuma's friends? Because Azuma used to be part of a group that, um, I think they like, were like the close bodyguard of the Hokage at one time, and so they had high bounties on their head. Oh, okay. And Kakuzu is super greedy. So on their spare time, when they're supposed to be hunting Jinchurikis, they went after bounties for money. And although he didn't thought it was blasphemy, I guess he had no choice. Oh, sad, one of the saddest scenes in Naruto was, um, spoiler, when Azuma died and you get to look at his, you know, wife and unborn child. You get to watch Shikamaru smoke for the first time. His last words to each of his students... Mm. Oh, Azuma's death is so sad. Sadly enough, not even the saddest death. Maybe second or third. It's really cool because it was they had a nice tie-in to make to Azuma, to Naruto because Azuma was the one who taught Naruto how to use wind chakra. Yeah, that was cool. I love this thing—the thing that they stole from Hunter Hunter. Yes, because <laughs> it's a good concept. I'm sorry. <laughs> Naruto does it in a way that makes more sense, it's easy to remember, but hey, I gotta give prompts to Hunter x Hunter for thinking of it first. In case, for the rare few who doesn't know what Hunter x Hunter is, in Hunter x Hunter, everyone has Nen abilities, which is kind of like Chakra in Naruto, but while Naruto has it as different elements, in Hunter x Hunter, they have it as a bunch of Japanese kanjis, and they're the one who created, like, oh, this is, you deal, this is how you figure out what element you have. Yeah, which is cool. Actually, I do like that Naruto tra- That's probably one of my favorite Naruto training arcs, too. The whole where he does the multiple clone jutsus and they're trying to cut the leaf, and he comes back to I don't know why. I, I just like it. To be fair, Naruto has... I will give Naruto to some props. They do not um cut out all the training scenes. You had the walking up the tree. You had the water balloon for the wasengon. Oh my god, I love that running up the tree and like competing with Sasuke and Sakura being like, "You guys suck. You guys really gotta pay attention in class." Team seven was really cool because literally the Goldilocks situation a lot. He's too strong. She's just right. He's too weak. Yeah, really showing a balance. Yeah. Not that, and then Sakura needed to just do more in general do more sakura get in the ball women parliament yeah but i I do like this art too What do you like as much as the next arc aka sasuke takes the main character's lead from naruto in the itachi pursuit mission yeah um i thought it was okay yeah basically sasuke starts his team heavy or team hawk i believe is the translation um oh no Heavy is snake, and then when he finds out that the Ochimaru and Akatsuki is piece of crap, or I guess Ochimaru is a piece of crap, kind of joins the Akatsuki and joins and makes team Taka, which is the hawk. And then Naruto teams up with team 8 to hunt down Sasuke, because I think they had a lead somehow. I can't remember how. But then they lost the scent through the rain. Um, that, when Sasuke gains the limelight again, Naruto got a little bit confusing. Yes. Because, Okay, as someone who actually read the entire series, did Karen, Sugetsu, and Jugo Jugo actually play a role? Overall, yes. Okay. So I think with the theme of Naruto having like these two opposing forces fighting each other, but also being of good intentions, I guess it was just important for Sasuke to have his own path. And it's hard to have your own path alone. So this is an okay arc. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. Just you know, if you're a fan of Suigetsu, you know, kudos. If you're a fan of Karen, are you okay? Do you need help? <laughs> and if you're a fan of Jugo, you are the proud, the few, <laughs> the animal lovers. You you must you're gonna really like Stone Pillar in um K and Y. Yeah. It really helps to um, elaborate what Orochimaru has been doing because he's surprisingly a very important character in Naruto. Um, Then we get to the next arc, which is the tale of Jiraiya the Gallant. It's the arc that makes Minty cry. So Jiraiya dies. And it's this whole thing because... Jiraiya has to, in what he feels like, is to right a wrong because his student is the one who quote-unquote started the Akatsuki and is gonna kill Naruto eventually. And so he goes to help and he ends up dying and he gives Naruto a dying message. And the scene where Naruto buys a twin popsicle, because that's what Jiraiya did with him, he sits at a park bench. And you see these drops falling, and you think, "Oh, the ice cream is melting," because he's not eating it, because he's too sad. And it shows him crying. Oh my God! I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> um, two things. One, um, I can buy a twin pop at my school for fifty cents. Jiraiya, you piece of shit. Oh, I mean, Gerard didn't have money. He may have been a best-selling um porn writer, but the man spent it on alcohol, women. And I forget, there are three sins. It's money, alcohol... How is the third sin not just porn? Eh, That's probably the whole women thing. Mm. What's great about Jiraiya's death is that it really... It wasn't out of the blue. He had a great send-off. It was like a giant fight where he did all his best moves. Like, he didn't go down without a fight. Oh, yeah, and he had a chance to run away, but he was like, I need to help the village. And if this involves my death then so be it. So sad. Now Minty, I wonder, is Jiraiya the saddest death or is the next art the saddest death? I personally think Jiraiya is the saddest death in Naruto, but I could see how the next art, which is the fated battle between brothers, which is basically the fight between Itachi and Sasuke. And this is kind of where I stopped watching the anime just because um I caught up and then it became. It's a little harder for me to watch things week by week. I'm much much more of a binge watcher. But I do plan on one day rewatching all of Naruto. I just want to reread it first before I rewatch it. People like you are the reason why Netflix exists. Love Netflix. If all of Naruto could just be on Netflix. I know it's on Hulu, but Netflix has a better skip intro, skip episode thing. You know what's interesting? is that uh, you think Jiraiya is sadder than Itachi's death, and the whole tragedy of Itachi's death is that he was never really a bad guy. He was doing things on the behalf on the, of the Hokage in order to save the village, and thus that led to him killing his entire family. But when we did our anime challenge, you said the saddest death was when Itachi had to kill his parents. It's the saddest scene. Saddest scene. And yes, I am also obsessed with the scene where when Itachi is killing his entire family... He stops at his parents, and his parents are like, Well, Itachi, you gotta do what you think is right, even if it involves killing me. I just hope that you watch over your little brother and know that we're very proud of you. And Itachi's crying, and it's like, why? Because Itachi clearly has his whole sad past. The dude becomes, I think he becomes a Joni at at age four. Which, okay, to be fair, in Naruto standards, I don't care who you are. That was a fucked up um system if you're letting a four-year-old become Joni because I met a four-year-old. I mean the Chia clan's a very proud clan. No, that was just effed up. That shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah, and then Itachi dies and he sends his best to Sasuke. And Itachi did everything to free Sasuke from Orochimaru. That was the whole point of this fight. Was for Itachi to still save. Sasuke and oh god it's so sad so it's really sad seeing the contrast of Sasuke being like I'm gonna kill you Itachi," because you're killing whole village and Itachi being like you're my little brother but I'm gonna fight you just to cut off any lingering ties from Orochimaru and you'll never know what I'm gonna do the adorable forehead forehead tap that I always do to you when you was younger <sighs> and then Sasuke's gonna do that forehead tap to um Sakura and then to Salada It's very cute. Also, maybe this is when Team Taka emerges after killing Tachi and he gets the uh, Amaterasu. Probably. Uh, Then we get to the next arc, which is the Pain Assault arc. This arc is fantastic. Now, I will admit, I don't like the whole fake death part, but I guess it's to be cute but overall it's fantastic and i love naruto learning the sage jutsu to follow more of jiraiya's lead or his history i love the whole child of prophecy of how it ends up being naruto and oh god i can't remember his name nagito nagato's the orange haired kid oh okay the red head kid's yuhiko oh god i hate myself now <laughs> this is also the part where I was a huge Naruto and Sakura fan. I still am. But at this point, when Hinata comes and saves Naruto and is trying to fight on his behalf and she's basically confessing her love for Naruto. I think she does flat out say that. Yeah. You know they were Endgame. Anyone who says they didn't know or came out of left field, are you blind? Did you not read this arc? This is clearly when Naruto and Hinata became canon little off-topic, um, a lot of people compare Naruto and Hinata with Ichigo Oihime. And as someone who's almost done with Bleach, are there like was there a clear sign that Ichigo and Oihime was going to become canon like this moment of Naruto-Hinata? Well, you watched all of Bleach from beginning to the, um... before Ukiyora's death. That amount of interaction is the same throughout the whole thing. Okay. They barely talk to each other. I don't even know... Why? Or oh, and Chet are in the last arc. And Ganju is in that arc. Hey, Ganju! My I think, boy! I think it's supposed to be reminiscent of like the first arc. but That's Ichigo's um, distant relative. Dude, okay. Is the pig in it? No. Ah, ah, we don't care. We go back to Naruto. Yeah, so I love the Pain of Salt arc. I'm just going to say this right now. Um, I've reread read Naruto uh, quite a bit, so I do remember a lot of stuff, but that stops after the Itachi. And I read the Pain Assault and the next arc, the Five Kage Summit. Then after that, I just teetered out. Oh my god, the Five Kage Summit? I love that part. Um, But I wanna, I've i read all of the war arc. That definitely gets... Okay, I love the fights. I love the warp aspect of this, but the theme that Naruto has... Um, made it a bit confusing and it was all coming to head in this arc that it was like a little too fast at the end. Just a quick summary of the Five Kage Summit. Um, all the presidents from each village come together into one summit. Sasuke crashes the party and is like, Hey, y'all mind if I stab you guys? And then Sasuke's declared a war criminal and Naruto has to go, Nah, nah, my boy wouldn't do that. They actually came together to talk about Sasuke. They did. Yeah, because I think I think it's Sasuke and they um, Akatsuki, but I think because the Akatsuki was pretty much wiped out by this point, it was really about Sasuke and Tobio or Toby. Yeah, Tobio. Um, Obito. Obito. That's how I was confused. Yeah, I was like Tobio, and I was like, "What are you talking about, serial?" Hiq. Ah, oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the war. Basically, the five lands come together, and they decide that they're going to kill Obito. Because it was Obito, who's the bad guy. Then it became Madara, who became the bad guy. Then it became the Tails Jinchiki who's the bad guy. Then it became um, Zetsu, the, the plant guy. I know who's Zetsu. You think I don't know the Ten Hollies or the Kaskis? <laughs> I was afraid that wasn't his name. Um, oh. <laughs> and then the final bad guy was Kaguya Osusuki, the um one who created Chakra. And it just got a... Naruto sped up really fast at the end. And I love it, but it was very confusing. I want to shout out to Kisame's death because I don't remember it well, but I remember it being very cool when I saw it. Read it. That is because that is when Guy fought Kisame. Yeah. And then Guy really opens up a lot of the gates. Mm. And then Kisame, you realize his sword is like not just like a sword; it shreds skin. It has a mouth to feed on chakra, and it talks about how he talks about how how you live your life. Is um summarized by how you die. Jesus. And Kisame dies by letting the sharks eat himself. I mean, he gets decapitated, mm. and then he then the sharks eat his body because um he didn't want to sell anyone out. He didn't want ninjas to take his body and figure out some information, which is what they talked about in um the land of wave Art. Oh yeah, because the mist is very fucked up and likes to mess up with people's bodies. Oh god. But do you don't want to take, talk about your whole spiel about how the last arc was a giant metaphor for Confucianism? Okay, I feel like it would be a bit remiss if we didn't talk about Naruto and Confucianism because at this point, many people have made the connection that Naruto represents that very well. So just to go over that very briefly because Confucianism is a bit hard to. It's a bit confusing. Yeah, because it's a philosophy, so it's not super easy to understand. Okay, but if you remember in the last episode we talked about, I talked about um, Naruto has a giant theme of of passing things on, of, like, legacy. Do you remember? I remember that, and I remember the Naruto cover where you have the three, you know, the two people in the way back, and then you see the line of them passing down the will. Right, so, okay. And this is something I kind of realized. So... The good guys do that, right? They have descendants, they think about the future, they pass on the will of fire. There's a whole line of mentor and student, right? Because the first Hokage trained the second and third Hokage. Third Hokage trained the three Sanen, who trained the fourth Hokage, who trained Kakashi, who trained Naruto, Right? There's a whole train. Yes. Then what do the bad guys do? They always talk about immortality. Huh. Bringing the undead, doing things against nature. So it's a really strong, like a good way of doing it and a bad way of doing it. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that's very. Did you read that on somewhere or did you think did that yourself? No, I thought about myself when I was in the shower. I can't remember what I was thinking. about. Oh my about. goodness! You guys are not safe for work now. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So basically, Confucianism. There are three pillars peel back the curtain, Minty just brought up a giant document. Did you write all that, or is just a Google article? I skimmed it. It's a PDF okay, from Columbia University. I get so scared because sometimes Minty gets really into um, passion projects. It is true. So if they wrote an entire college paper, I wouldn't put it past them. I would love it some, but I'm sure there are videos on Naruto Confucianism, actually. I just didn't feel right to watch them. You know? And steal their content. Yeah. But we can still game goals, right? Yeah, yeah. And Wikipedia. Wikipedia! So basically, the three pillars of Confucianism is filial devotion, humaneness or humanness, and ritual. So the filial devotion is kind of what we just talked about, how um, you should always respect your superiors, like a child should respect their parents, a uh, wife support their husband, Misogynist, I know, but it's Confucianism. It's older than all of us. <laughs> Things like that. And I feel like that goes part into like the whole the master teaching the student and going on so forth. And how every student has has high respect for their master. Even if they're the bad guys. Because I think Orochimaru still had a lot of respect for the third Kage, But he just had to kind of like do his thing. Humaneness is all about taking care of other people. And I think you see that a lot in Naruto. His whole thing is to save Sasuke, and cause he feels like if he can't save Sasuke, then how can he save anyone? He showed a lot of empathy with Gara. Like we said, right? Go- uh, Naruto's whole thing is that he makes connections with people. Naruto does this well because you actually see him make connections with people. He makes connections with Haku, Gara, Konohamu, Sai. You know, it's just like, he puts himself out there. Pain! It's just very important for Naruto. It's not like Black Clover where Asta is like, hey, we're just going to be friends, right? Um, You're going to think I'm super cool, right? Even though I didn't really do anything. Yeah. No connection. No struggle. Ugh, whatever. Naruto <laughs> just does it great. And then the last one is Ritual. Rituals? Um, That one I didn't super get. Yeah, I are not get this gloss over it then. The only thing I could really get was like, so when they say Rituals, they kind of talked about like big moments. Mm. Like birth, marriage, death. If anything, Naruto does go through his biggest... Moments in life. The milestones of life. Yeah. You know, becoming a Jenny. Um, Skipping all the way to Hokage. I mean... No, I I get it. You know, he he pays his dues. And then, like, you know, the Uchiha's they have their own rituals of, like, you know, using your sharingan, going blind, stealing your brother's sharingan. Yeah. So, I guess that's why Naruto encompasses a lot of Confucianism in its story. It's overall plot. Did Sasuke take Itachi's eyes? Yes. Okay. Because Sasuke was... Sasuke was using his own eyes. Yeah. So he was going blind. The only way to not go blind is to take someone else's eyes. And the reason why Itachi didn't go blind was because he took Shisui's eyes, his best friend slash cousin. Fucked up, yo. Yeah, I think it was because Shisui... Shisui let him. Okay. Because I believe he knew Itachi was going to do more. Itachi, I know you're going to kill our entire clan. Fuck them up. (laughs) Yeah, and then... Basically, just to wrap this up, I do love the plot of Naruto. I think it's extremely well thought out. The ending was sped up to the extreme because it really wanted to show the two sides, the two ideologies, and how they compete against each other. But it's a fantastic story. And I don't know if there are many plot holes... And I, like I said, I do probably gotta reread and rewatch the war arc to really understand it. But the story overall is fantastic, and there's probably no one who's an anime fan who doesn't know of Naruto. Take the chance to read it. It's over, so every chapter you read gets you closer to finishing it. Not <laughs> like One Piece. Now, if you guys enjoy this episode, if it gets enough views, we will do Boruto. Even though we n- both know nothing about Boruto, we will watch it one day. Oh God, damn it! Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Okay, bye.